Hello there. Welcome along to the podcast Sport and Life. I hope you're well. It is Wednesday, the 27th of January. Just returned from a muddy run in the park. I've started to find that running on the grass, even though it's inclement, soggy here, it's actually better for my joints in terms of a longer run on pavement and also raises the intensity a bit. Good for the heart and lungs at this time. Good for health. Good to get out there in the daylight. I was going to say sunlight, but it's very overcast here. I think I'll still need to take my immune complete supplement today that I take every day from Cytoplan with the vitamin D3, the vitamin D3, which may not be as much of a concern <clears throat> if you have an outdoors job or particularly if you <clears throat> have an outdoors job in, in sunnier climes at the moment like Florida or Spain or the, uh, the Canary Islands of Spain or Australia in, in their summer at the moment. But uh, yeah, something that we're cognizant of at the moment are with health, with the COVID-19 pandemic about the emergence of, of vitamin D, vitamin D. And uh, it's part of Immune Complete too that I take, try to get out there, try and exercise as well. And maybe that becomes less pertinent in the summer in terms of that supplement. But it's amidst a raft of, of supplements in the Immune Complete too that I take from cytoplan.co.uk, C-Y-T-O-P-L-A-N.co.uk has selenium and zinc in there, which I think if you Google articles around soil erosion, depletion, lack of micronutrients in soil, there have been articles surfacing of late that I've seen online in mainstream media and just alerting that, that issue of perhaps the industrial farming effects on soil that my father, Dr. Mark Draper, has alerted us as a family to decades ago and in, in tandem with Cytoplan, which supplements we pay for. He's worked as a consultant there to help devise supplements to maybe top up things like micronutrients, like selenium and zinc, trace elements that we need to, to be healthy as humans. And, and perhaps the way we farmed pesticides, insecticides, all the things we've used, complicated the picture where on surface, food particularly vegetables may look healthy and we perceive it as healthy but it doesn't quite have the depth of nutrition we need and that's why we maybe supplement so uh if you would like to to try immune complete range immune complete one if you're a menstruating woman or immune complete two if you're an adult man like myself or trying to be adult uh, biologically adult anyway i'm not sure about uh, mentally or, or personality but anyway if you go to cytoplan.co.uk c-y-t-o-p-l-a-n .co.uk you can have a 10% discount ongoing or for the first purchase I believe it is 30% discount from the company and the discount code at cytoplan.co.uk is draper10r d-r-a-p-e-r all capital letters the numerals one zero and then the capital letter r thank you to cytoplan for the association with the podcast I hope you're well I hope you're able to move and get some daylight get some fresh air Get some uh, benefits of nature if you can at the moment, whatever your lockdown restrictions are. Try and use that access and that freedom to get some daily exercise, which we are certainly allowed in the UK. Again, um, maybe get in the garden, the yard, you might call it, wherever you are in the world listening. But uh, thank you to Cytoplan for that association as I look to try and maintain health myself, and uh, not just COVID-19, but the regular coughs and colds at this time of year in the winter. Uh, thank you to Bang Nolofsson of Cheltenham and Serene AV, chief sponsor of the podcast and have been for very nearly a year. Really appreciate their support. They are specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands, providing solutions based around high quality customer service and installations. And in that line that they sent me to promote the finest home entertainment brands, obviously it's Bang Nolofsson is the chief franchise for their store in the courtyard in Montpellier, which is obviously closed at the moment. The doors are locked, but they're very much contactable. Bang Nolofsson, Cheltenham. But it is a plural there, home entertainment brands through Serene AV. They can source other equipment from other, you know, great purveyors of, of televisual home entertainment stuff. 
uh, your home cinemas, whatever it may be, something more modest, they can offer you bespoke solutions. But head to Bang & Olufsen of Cheltenham's website or go to B&O on Twitter, B&O on Instagram. I know Jason Briggs is particularly active on those accounts on Instagram as well, posting videos of the latest equipment that they have access to from Bang & Olufsen and other sources. So worth contacting them there, potentially, or seeing what you might want as we spend more and more time indoors trying to find positive ways to entertain ourselves rather than... Uh, I don't know, maybe dancing, maybe dancing to some music. So it's movement, isn't it? It's exercise. It's all good at the moment. On the subject of motivation, getting out there and achieving, this is an interesting conversation I wanted to share with you. It was one I had with former UFC fighter Mark Weir, who lives close to me, is now a trainer instructor in Gloucester. And you can contact him, actually, if you Google Mark Weir, uh, you can Google, contact him online for online mixed martial arts courses, whatever they may be, taekwondo, kickboxing very versatile, very experienced specialist in combat sports. We're talking here about motivation and retaining it once material goals are achieved. And it's a relevance or reference to Conor McGregor, who is the famous Irish mixed martial arts fighter, had the big high-profile boxing match against Floyd Mayweather as well. But he lost it for the first time by knockout in MMA at the weekend to Dustin Poirier in a rematch, a match, the first match he'd won pretty comfortably back in 2014, knocking out Poirier. Now, Poirier has obviously rebuilt and uh, I guess gone back to work and, and refocused. But maybe for McGregor, who is a multi-multi-millionaire with huge business interests outside of the millions he's made inside the ring and the cage, is how do you then focus, if you want to, you can walk away, because ultimately you need to find a goal that his was coming out, rising out of poverty and achieving huge material success, which he's done. Then what is it next? Is it mastery? Is it sort of skill level? Is it legacy? Finding that, that, that your place in the pantheon of greats so it's an interesting conversation with Mark Weir, former UFC fighter for Sky Sports. You can watch the video of this interview or at least an edited video of it on Sky Sports YouTube page and more MMA content at skysports.com. But here he is, Mark the Wizard Weir, in a chat for Sky Sports. I'm interested to see if you, if you like this. It's a little bit more sort of sport focused and less kind of life stuff than the podcast generally. But I thought you might find it interesting anyway. See what you think. Here he is, Mark Weir. Hello there, welcome along to the Mixed Martial Arts Conversation for Sky Sports, reacting to Dustin Poirier's knockout victory over Conor McGregor at UFC 257. Very pleased to say Mark the Wizard Weir joins us for our post-fight debrief. Mark, not the way you saw it going, but how impressed were you with Poirier's tactics, particularly the use of the calf kick, the technical approach he had? Yeah, yeah, very good. Um, I said, you know, maybe that... Uh kicking, keeping him at a distance. But the point is, Connor's good at catch kicking and hitting. He tried it a few times, but obviously they made an impact on his leg. Um, he looked good at the, on the first round, but um, obviously he changed the game by taking him down as well. So uh, Dustin did a good thing with uh, taking him down, making him uh, gas himself a little bit, and then uh, stood up and just just, just changed uh, the landscape of the fight, made him uh, fight differently rather than just a stand-up you know, war trying to exchange. I was going to is it more difficult for Connor to, to check those kicks when they're coming from a southpaw stance than he would do against an orthodox fighter? It's, it's a, just adapting. If you've got your teammates throwing or mimicking the possibilities, uh, you can adapt. It's like anything else. You've got to experience certain things and uh, be prepared through training and then handling it in a fight is, uh, is even better. You can adapt again. It's just a, a coordination. That's all it is. On the subject of kicking, do you feel Connor's become too much of a boxer? No, no push kick in there? Was there not enough variety from him in offence? Yeah, one of the things I said on my on our interview was that he needs to come out like uh, with a you know front side down the line kicks, keeping that distance, setting him up. 
he didn't do any. I think he did two kicks in total. Um, <laughs> uh, that was strange. He, if you look at the comparison, the last fight, he came out, but when I seen the interview, he says that he was trying to get his, um, his comfortability. He wasn't, because he hasn't been there for a while. He was trying to get that um, bearings, which is a bit late to, uh, at this level as well. It was kind of strange, that was. Yeah, what do you make of his demeanour? Obviously, post-fight, not uncommon for fighters to be hugely respectful. But you've been talking to me both in, in the preview and, and off record as well about your concern for his demeanour pre-fight because that respect, that sort of camaraderie with Poirier continued through the build-up, didn't it? You were concerned about that. Yes, if you've got, okay, you've got two guys coming to the gym as an instructor. One of them's got a bit of a chip, a bit of a bad attitude, and you've got someone who's very polite. Um, you know, if they hit you and they go, oh, oh, sorry, and, you know, they're apologetic. If the two were to fight, guaranteed the one who's more aggressive and uh, it's got that sort of, like, chip on his shoulder, he's going to be the more technical, the better guy. He's going to progress faster. Now, to fight, you need aggression. You need that... Um, bad intent you know that ability to not to kill but to act like you you know you want to take that person's head off and uh but if you come in and you're all passive it doesn't get the right um testosterone the right mood the right frame of mind and uh connor was there he was saying that he's going to contribute to his charity um shaking hands and you know he's been mr friendly this is stuff you do after the fight not before and it calms you down he had his family around him which my mm. family can't be around me the week before the fight no way you know what i mean it's like i'm just so aggressive because i'm trying to get into that zone that focus and if connor can't get his focus back and that zone and that he's, he's never fought under that sort of circumstance he's always been the person mouthing off antics climbing over the stage to to get to you how can you suddenly fight in a different format a different as a, a different person it's not the same yeah he's a family man he's got kids i think he's got another one on on the way as as well how difficult is it when you become a family man do you have to compartmentalize your personas in a way do you feel that going from a hotel to the cage is that such a short turnaround for him to get into fight mentality I'd, I'd never do that. I'd never have my family around me getting ready for a fight. No chance. Uh, if I fought, you know, I fought in, a, in America as well, uh, WEC back in the day, um, I would have my family around me. I would always say goodbye. My, like I said, my wife got to a point where she disappeared to uh, my mother and father-in-law's house because she couldn't be around me. And she said she wants me to win and she don't want to calm me down. She wants me to be aggressive. She knows I fight better. Because I'm technically Mr. Nice Guy to call me, but leading up to a fight, you you know you can't bump me, you can't. I, I'm just so edgy, and uh, it, I know what it takes. I switch. It's like a schizophrenic. I do change my mindset leading up to a fight, and I know it makes me better. I couldn't be the normal person I am and fight and still try and take someone's head off at the same time. You know, it, it doesn't work. It's yin and yang, opposites. Mm. Yeah, very hard to switch, isn't it? In that sense. What do you make of his extreme success outside of the cage as well in his business ventures? At some point, does that start to take maybe not a physical drain on him because he looked in fantastic shape, but just a mental energy, a lack of focus? Do you fear that, that perhaps those business interests are detracting from his MMA performances? Well, he's got to be hungry. And uh, one of the things that he talks to, he's mainly talking about when he was uh, coming through was that um, he didn't have two pennies to rub together. You know, he wanted a car. He wanted a house. And uh, when he seen Floyd Mayweather, he wanted a big boat, <laughs> which he did. He poured <laughs> on a boat. He wanted a plane. You know, he's got he's, everything he wanted to achieve. He's got his own whiskey. You know, what else is there for him to do? 
Now, the only thing is to create a legacy. He needs to focus on why he's fighting and what he wants to achieve. If he hasn't got that hunger or that desire, to, there's a desire main thing, a focus to aim for something, uh, he, ain't, he ain't gonna, I don't think the old Connor will ever come back. And I think he's gonna do more damage to his reputation and what he's done, uh, you know, in the past and uh, destroy it now. And everybody will always focus on the way he is now. There's people coming through, just starting to watch MMA, and they see him performing the way he is now, they're going to think, oh, he's not that great. And uh, the thing is, people have got short memories, they say. They, people don't have long-term. They, they look at what's happening now. And uh, as my kids are, are growing up, they're only watching the fighters of today. They don't remember the ones of the past. Do you think psychologically it's more damaging for him that he lost a stand-up fight as well? Because his previous defeats were submission. He's lost against a guy who was taking him on at his own game. I, I admire I admire him a lot. Yeah, the, the, what he talks about, the way he, he approaches the game was amazing. Now, for a man of that, um, I can say, persona, the, the knowledge he's got, to suddenly change and have family around you, it doesn't make sense. He should know that what makes a person fight and what gives you longevity. Um, you know, it's like, uh, I, I think the, the hunger's, to, you know, break it down, I, I think. He needs to, like the old Rocky movie, it's so easy. You look at Rocky, what do they do? They dragged him out when he lost in Rocky Three and put him back down to a down and out, rough gym. He says, look in the eyes of those guys. They're all hungry, aggressive. And it's like, uh, he, and he made him train in this dirty, rundown place because it made him feel like he had to achieve something. And mm. I think similar to that, you know, I know it's only a movie, but there's a lot of uh, reality in that. He needs to go back to how he was and remember what made him fight and train so hard. Yeah, Dana White has picked up on that. He says he wants Connor to come back hungrier or he is done. What are your thoughts yeah. on that? When, when you look at the hunger, do you have to recalibrate your goals? Because it was material success up front when you come from a working class background, like a lot of fighters do, or even lower than working class people without any money or at all. Do you feel that you have to, you should have to set a new goal? Is the goal, you mentioned Floyd Weather, Mayweather, does the goal become legacy? Does it become all-time place in the, in the history books? Yes, it's legacy and all-time because, as you know, all-time is a moment. You can find in never 10, 20 years, someone else has become the all-time great. You want to set a standard that will talk about you for a lifetime. And, um, you know, your kids or, you know, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, you want to set a high, high standard. You want to be the Bruce Lee of the sport. <laughs> you know, no one, they put, no one puts everybody above him. And uh, I think he could do it if he got the right focus and remember what it is, what makes him win, the way his antics. And everybody might know, yeah, he's like that at the beginning. He does actually believe the way he's carrying on and all the things that's coming out of his mouth. But then it's like a button. He just switches it off and he calms down. And it, it, it's like a, a soldier. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, um, I used to remember hearing about the people going to Vietnam wards. And you had to decondition them because they're so dangerous when they come out. So like that, like a switch. You condition his mind leading up to the fight. That's how he got weeks. And then decondition, take him away somewhere nice. He's got a boat plane, nice island, and just make him calm down and remember what's important to him, which is his family. But you have to learn to switch. He's, he's, an, artist, he's an artist with the sport, okay? So you'll definitely find a way. But he needs to know how to turn it on and turn it off. Yeah, multiple personalities, I suppose, in a, in a, positive, in a positive way. Now, what about Michael Chandler as well, co-main event? You said he had to make an impact. They're paying him a lot of money, but he did just that. How impressed were you with, with his win over Dan Hooker? Very, very impressed. Uh, wow, the combination was very good. The way he leant forward and followed the momentum of the jab to the body and the overhand. 
uh, to the head. That was a great knockout. Um, like I said, you can never do things twice in a row. Uh, he, he caught him well, but uh, he had a lot of respect. Uh, you know, Dan Hooker was a bit wary of him. He showed too much respect. You know, the mm. guy's motivated, and he's at the he's at a point where everybody's hungry to to have that title as well. Uh, even fight Habib, you know, whether he can fight. You know, everybody wants to be the next person to deserve that. Which uh, it's going to be hard to drag him back in because he, he's, you know, what else can he do? You know, I, I believe another McGregor fight would be good, but um, I think. The way he went in Chandler, you know, he got a bonus, which is another great thing. But I think he needs another one or two fights. Do you remember? Mm. It's like uh, anybody can come in. You know, they've had a few people, I mean, myself, <laughs> my <laughs> debut. I got a record that stood for about five years. It, it's great. But then the problem is with that, there's added pressure. Mm. Because then you're going to have to meet and keep that standard going on every fight. And uh, as I remember, once you've done that, I had an undefeated guy after. They're going to give you harder and harder fights. So he's done the right way to break into that top 10. But I believe he still have to be consistent because all the others have been consistent. Find some consistency, maybe one or two more fights. Shows his consistency, also gets his uh, experience and then go for the title. That's, also, my, that's my belief. Well, you mentioned there coming yourself coming and making that spe spectacular debut from another another company. The unknown factor, how much is that with Chandra at the moment? Josh Thompson says that a lot of UFC fighters are narrow-minded. They don't necessarily have Bellator on. They're not looking at the other the other franchises. Is that potentially something that he can capitalise on the next few fights before they get used to him? Yeah, uh, can do, but um, the sport's developing all the time. I think uh, the only thing he really needs to get used to is the, the change of pressure. Uh, what happens now, he had this fight the whole world is talking about it. Where before, mm. you know, Benson Henderson, any, anybody, any other fights on Bellator, it's not the same pressure as what you're going to get off the UFC because uh, that is the world, the number one stage. And I, I think now, you know, the, the idea is he's going to have added pressure, the more pressure. And the thing which I, I remember, I trained with a former champion, Chuck Liddell. Uh, mm. Believe me, once you've done so well, the press conferences, people are hounding you, you got to try and squeeze in your time to train along with all the, the press. And it's even harder than where before I could just train, 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 train. But then I was watching Chuck and then sometimes he had to sort of balance it. And I was thinking, how do you remain champion when you got all those press conferences, conferences to meet at the same time? It's really hard. It's a real hard balance. But if you're clever, you can do it. Yeah, it shows you all the responsibilities that Conor McGregor must have in addition to everything outside of the, the cage as well. Where do you see... The lightweight title now as well. Dana White revealed that Habib had a bit of a candid conversation with him and said, you know, Dana, be honest with yourself. There's no one here at my level. Do you, do you agree with that? Do you feel that the, the title yeah. should become vacant soon and that they should fight for it? And who would who would have that fight, I suppose, is the, is the key question. Well, I, I believe the unseen, uh, unknown entities at Charles Oliveira, you know, Oliveira is, a, I think if he comes in, I think he's a, he's a risk factor. Um, Dustin... He's proved it himself. He's, he's built himself up and he's getting better and better and better. Uh, I, I think Chandler to fight Charles Oliveira. Well, you obviously said mm. that right. Oliveira. And, uh, <laughs> I think he, them, yeah, Oliveira. And then they, them two fight. And I reckon the winner should go on to Dustin then. And then there's like, uh, and that, that would, I think would be the better way uh, to climb up the ladder. And then I think after that, definitely I'd probably say, you know, Habib would definitely come out because he's got. Remember, yeah, he was a. He has, he's had good fights, but he's had some, you know, different differences with. Uh, when he fought Dustin, 
uh, there's a point where he had a, you know, he showed a few cracks there where, you know, I know he's got things like submission attempts and stuff like that, but I think he's deserving of it. Yeah, that brings us back, doesn't it? You say Poirier's performance against Habib. I suppose that brings a circle to where we started in the conversation. And perhaps Dustin Poirier yeah. was, was underestimated coming in here. And perhaps we have to reevaluate where we put him in, in our rankings, in, in our perception. Yeah, and he looked good. And also, he's, got, he's getting better and better. So how much more is he? How much, you know, the second fight is always twice as hard because that person's used to you. You can't intimidate him no more. They know what you feel like. So then you can adjust. When you beat in someone, it's harder because in your head, you're thinking, oh, I've got him. You don't make you work harder. But when you've lost, you do train harder. You do, you're motivated. So you're going to do more. And uh, so, you know, I think Khabib needs to do that again, you know, to prove a point. People have talked about Conor McGregor, Justin Gaethje, possibly as a, a rebuild for, for both men. How do you see that? That would be a good fight. That would mm. be definitely a good fight. <laughs> That's all I can say on that one, 100%. He's definitely, yeah. definitely, uh, Gaethje's definitely deserving of that. Yeah, and he's got those, those kicks as well, hasn't it? It'd be interesting to see how Connor could adapt to, to those, albeit from a, a more orthodox stance. What about your, your pick overall? Who do you feel is the best in the division, given if we consider Habib retired, who do you think is the best right now? Can I just say, though, Connor's kicking is absolutely amazing, mind. Mm. But remember I said, he didn't use anything. He didn't use none of his, it was like more boxing, like you said, you know. But um, the man, I think, at the top at the moment, Dustin, Dustin Poirier, definitely, definitely, he's the man at the moment. You know, he's proved it. Yeah. You know, he's, he, he's proved it. He's done, he's, he's done his apprentice, his apprenticeship to deserve that title. And I, he's got a chance to stay there as well. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I can't see anybody else more deserving. I think everybody else has to prove themselves to be worthy to, to fight him for the title. Final thought on Connor. Do you think this result makes him more or less likely to have another boxing match? You know, he's talked about Manny Pacquiao. Do you feel this will this, will this fire him up to recommit to MMA though, potentially, and prove okay. his legacy there? I've done this myself before I retired. Uh, before I retired in the sport, I had both K1 title and I had both for MMA title. Not boxing, but similar. Now the adjustment between the two is closer than boxing. Now, if you go to boxing and then he tries to go back to MMA he's still reducing his mm. skill. The skill set for boxing is closer. And when you do MMA, arms are out further to stop the shooting in. I think he'll take it away from his skill. And um, he needs to be putting a, the time in the, the cage, you know, at the gym, that is, um, putting the experience and getting all that ability back. If he doesn't do that, I don't think, he's, I don't think you're going to see the old man come back, the old Connor. He needs to start focusing. I said this on our interview that he needs to be putting in a time and uh, secure his legacy. You know, you're, if you're not using it, you're losing it in that sport. And it's, it is a different sport. Mm. I think he definitely has to put in, put in back his, uh, the time in the, in the cage, in a, you know, training with the partners, going through all the scenarios and get his former self back. He's got, he's got the history books. He's got, you know, when he looks at himself fighting, it's him. So to just to that, that star set, it's going to be no problem. And it's a difference in gloves as well, Mark. How significant is that when you when you go between the disciplines? Because it, that can yeah. change the style, can't it? Yeah, when, when I spar, sometimes I put 16-ounce gloves on and you got your defence is easier. You just put the hands close together and there's no gap. Now we've got MMA gloves. You put your hands close together. There is a gap straight for the middle still. It is more natural. It's more realistic. Um, the distancing, um, also, you don't have to worry about kicks, knees, uh, shooting it. There's so many elements missing. You know, yeah, the eye gap, the timing for punching, the slipping, 
you know, you can, you're working the power of your arms, great. But, mm. you know, there's more to work on in MMA. And I think he can't take away, if he takes away from his legs even more, you know, I, I think he's going to lose a important part of himself because he was, I, I, I like the all-roundedness, the way he can punch, he can kick, he can knee, you know, and he can grapple, he, he showed it. But he needs to be working to get those skills even stronger. He's above everybody else, superior. Yeah, and, and, and Matt Skelton said to me, former European champion boxer, but before that kickboxer, Muay Thai fighter, he said the issue is with the grounding of your feet as well. In boxing, you're required to ground your feet more to, to, to show that power, whereas you have to be looser in MMA. Is that a big difference for someone like Conor when he's in yeah, the cage? Cause, yeah, because every time you throw, you, you put your feet into the floor to drive through to hit the person. Um, when you, the person shoots on you, you've got to be on your toes because you want to push your legs away from them to sprawl on them. So one, one demands you to be f- you know, fixed and based for delivery, for taking the hits. And the other one, it, t- it teaches you to be adaptable. You're, you're floating, you know, floating around on your feet lightly for, just in case a person takes a shot. And at any minute, you've got to step heavy and hard to hit. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a changing of the, you know, from upper to lower, one minute you're punching, you're kicking. It's, it's it, MMA, I, I loved it because uh, I started off in boxing originally, but I love MMA because it's so much to think about, so much to worry about. And then you're also trying to work out a person's strength. And it's only worked out truly through while you're spot, fighting them. And that comes through experience, how well you can adapt that person within the first round. And if he goes to boxing, he ain't going to have that quick switch development you know, to himself, where he can work a person out quickly. It shows how intelligent he is. He has to bring that back. It's just like being at school. If you're not being at school for a while, I remember leaving school for a few years and then sending my maths in so good. How do you spell <laughs> certain words? You know, you get rusty and that's what's going to happen in the cage. He ain't going to be able to select or adapt as fast as he used to. Luckily, we've been able to homeschool, though, so we've managed to reacquaint ourselves with the words, haven't we, lately? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it, it was fasc- it's a fascinating conversation as well. Would he be a big last final thought, Conor McGregor, to the sport of MMA, particularly the, the franchise of UFC? But do you feel it would be a, a huge loss, given his crossover appeal, given the fact that his name resonates around all the households of the world who perhaps aren't MMA fans? Problem is, we didn't think about this, he was within two fights, he was such a draw. Uh, his mouse made it as well. His antics made it as well. He got carried away with that bus thing. That when he, you know, when he had a bit of a scrap and smashing things in the window, that's taking it too far. Um, there's a few things he's done over, you know, which can diminish his reputation and diminish his name. But um, it's just initial, everybody knows, you know, one of the greatest boxers of all time was a mouthy Ali. And he was the nicest guy, they say. But when you're fighting him, I'm sorry. He rubs you up the wrong way. He says the wrong things. But then they said after, he was Mr. Nice Guy. And they said the guy was so considerate. So that that's what he's got a role model. He can be nasty. He can get his aggression out. He can get a person's head, which is part of fighting, and then switch off and be, you know, the Mr. Nice Guy after and be the, the, the person for the sport. But the worrying thing, you said if he retires and steps back, who's going to take this? You can take this position. You know, it's just like when um, Ronda Rousey, you know, when she left the sport, there was a hole. And now there are women coming through now to fill that void. But if it does happen, it's it's okay. We're going to have fighters there, but you want someone who's a whole package, who's marketable, who can sell, who put butts on the seats. There will be someone else, but it'd be nice to have one or two or three people there. MMA deserves it. It's such a complete art. I think it'd be nice to have a, a few people like that. A few people's role-modeled 
Connor and the way he's got there, and they are doing very well. But you want someone who you know is a who can actually talk the talk and walk the walk. Absolutely, Mark Weir. Pleasure to have your company over the fight weekend. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Okay. Thanks a lot. Ed. There, there he is. Then, Mark Weir. Fantastic. We wait to see what the future holds for Conor McGregor and UFC's lightweight division. Thank you for watching. Remember, more MMA content is available on SkySports.com. Bye for now. Yeah, I found that a really interesting conversation with the wonderful Mark Weir. As I say, please check out his YouTube page. Contact him if you want to uh, find out more about MMA lessons. <clears throat> Good guy. And uh, I think that, that issue of motivation is maybe not relevant to us as not being multimillionaires as Conor McGregor is and not being in a situation where we get punched in the face if we don't retain motivation and, and, and ultimate focus. There are serious consequences if your levels slip in combat sports. But just generally about motivation, getting out there, getting exercise when we know the movement's good and I think making it easy for yourself. I remember Tony Robbins saying, putting your, your running shoes by the front door so that when you get up and see them, you kind of have no sort of complexity of, of difficulty of your day of even finding your running shoes. You just get your running shoes on and you go out. I think that's, that's fascinating. The moment is that we've got instincts that are counterproductive to our health at the moment, instincts that made sense in the primal world where we were constantly hunter-gathering, moving, fending off uh, foes fending off predators and maybe then farming will work the land we needed rest whenever we got the opportunity rest but now that that has been used against us a little bit by consumerism as well hasn't it the drive-through restaurants the online world where you can order clothes at the click of a button wait for the delivery man or delivery woman to deliver them uh, whereas in the past you had to walk down maybe walk a mile into town go to the clothes store which i'm lucky enough to live quite central to a town center when things are open but I still like to get out and be mobile and walk. So I think it's just looking at, at retaining motivation, how we, how we do it, and just putting feeling good and health at the key point and realizing that you have to be uncomfortable sometimes as part of growth, part of health, part of well-being. that sort of feeling comfortable all the time isn't necessarily the best thing. I hope you enjoyed that, and uh, thank you for listening. Thank you to the sponsors, Bang Olufsen of Cheltenham and Serene AV, specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands providing solutions based around high quality customer service and installation. Check out B&O Cheltenham's website, B&O Cheltenham on Instagram and Twitter. And I'm sure they're on Facebook as well. I'm not particularly active on Facebook, but no doubt uh, Jason Briggs has uh, activated a Facebook account with some of the latest equipment on there. Get in touch with them for bespoke, bespoke solution even to any of your home entertainment queries. And what you're looking to do is we spend more time at home, but do try and get out there at the same time in terms of uh, supplementing still taking my immune complete two as i mentioned at the top from cytoplan c-y-t-o-p-l-a-n.co.uk and if you would like to try immune complete or any of the range of supplements head to cytoplan.co.uk and you can use my discount code draper10r d-r-a-p-e-r all capital letters the numerals one zero and then the capital letter r Hope you well. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you like it, please rate it on iTunes or whichever platform you're listening to or offer constructive criticism. I'll even read it out on the podcast if it is constructive. Just appreciate you being here and listening. Please pass it on to other people if you have enjoyed what you've listened to as well. Thank you guys and goodbye for now.